Welcome to the Play Notes Podcast, where we give you the inside scoop on the main stage productions at Portland Stage. I'm Maura O'Sullivan, and I am so excited to bring you an incredible interview with the director of August Wilson's How I Learned What I Learned, Jade King Carroll. You may remember some of Wilson's plays from previous Portland seasons, including Fences, The Piano Lesson, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Jade is an expert on all things August Wilson and is the perfect person to bring his theatrical memoir to our stage. So prepare yourself for her to drop some wisdom in this interview, moderated by her assistant director, Rachel Rapella. Let's go. Hi, this is Rachel Rapella, Assistant Director of August Wilson's How I Learned What I Learned. And I am here today with our wonderful director, Jade King Carroll. Now, Jade, you first directed here at Portland Stage 10 years ago with Ma Rainey in 2013. And here you are back again with another Wilson piece. How does it feel to be back? Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to come back. And I've, I think this is my seventh or eighth show here in the 10 years. But the first show show was August Wilson's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And um, it's amazing to kind of have a full circle moment with how I learned what I learned. I've now had the pleasure of working either as a director, dramaturg, or assistant director on all of August Wilson's 20th century cycle. So how I learned what I learned also completes the circle for me. It's just, there's such important lessons and it's such beautiful storytelling and it's August language, which nobody else in the country, in the world, uh, writes like him. So it's it's just great to be at home in the play and at home at the theater. That's incredible. I definitely think you've really delved into the, the wit and the irony in rehearsals with this language. It's so clear that it's coming home to you. What was kind of your first exposure to August Wilson's work? Oh, that's a great question. So when I was an undergraduate, I went to SUNY New Paltz, State University of New York at New Paltz, and it was a predominant, the drama department was predominantly white, but I really wanted to direct Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I, 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 you had to like write something and apply and have, and I, I tried, I don't think I got very far, I ended up doing a very different play, Edward Albee's Death of Bessie Smith, and I still had to go to the music department to find black actors. I used a percussionist for, for that production. I think I might have already started the conversation with that percussionist around Ma Rainey. But that was the first attempt to direct August Wilson. And then uh, when I was an intern at McCarter, I was an intern at Women's Project right out of school, uh, an artistic assistant, unpaid intern with a nice title. And then the year after that, I was an intern at McCarter Theater. I was the directing and producing assistant. Emily Mann was the artistic director, and Mara Isaacs was the producing director at the time. And the first show of the season, which is the one I wanted to be on, or I thought I wanted to be on, was a new play by Christopher Durang that Emily Mann was directing. And she was only directing one show that year. Generally, there's two interns, assistants, two people that are directing, producing assistants, and they go back and forth. But I already had a relationship with her, so the other intern, Adam Emivar, got to assist on the Chris Durang play, and I was matched with Ruben Santiago Hudson, who had just completed a Broadway run of playing Citizen in Gym of the Ocean, and 
really started his professional directing career with Jim of the Ocean and McCarter that then went to ACT. And I, like you, was paired as his assistant and it was a really wonderful match. I got to go, which they never allow the interns to go when the shows move, but uh, Ruben in insisted and I became an integral part of that. I felt like an integral part of that process. I got to go to ACT and with Gem of the Ocean, and that was with Felicia Rashad and John Amos and Russell Hornsby and um, eventually Oiso Odera and Michelle Shea, um, and just an amazing uh, Keith Randolph-Smith, Chuck Patterson, rest his soul. And then I hadn't decided if I was moving to Chicago or New York, and I applied for every internship in the book and still hadn't heard yet, but Ruben was directing Seven Guitars at Signature Theater in New York. They were doing a whole August Wilson season, which they had wanted to do. They had already planned, but then he passed away. So they kind of re-looked at how they were doing the whole season. And Ruben wanted me to come as his assistant director. And Signature Theater, Jim Houghton was running it. And they really talk about going through an interview process. Because I didn't have that. I was Loretta Greco's assistant at Women's Project, which was not assistant directing. It was an artistic assistant. And I didn't have the New York experience. And I, I did not think I was going to get the job. I didn't know if I was going to be able to afford to do do the job. It was like a thousand dollars for two months worth of work. But Jim Houghton, that was the first, the first time he kind of trusted me and gave me that opportunity uh, along with Ruben. And then I was able to work on that whole season. So I then assisted Lou Bellamy on Two Trains Running. I did some dramaturgy on King Headley. And in that time became, between those five shows in like a year and a half, two years, two seasons, five productions, I became a part of the Wilson family, or so it felt, um, still feels. I was able to go as an intern to the August Wilson naming when they named the theater. I went and I drove the whole August Wilson cast of Jim of the Ocean there because they missed the dinky, but I still got to go. Um, the connecting train is the dinky. And, and then Constanza just championed me. And again, Jim Houghton from Signature ran Juilliard at the time. So had kind of kept his eye. And then Israel Hicks passed away. He was supposed to be doing a production of Raisin in the Sun at Juilliard with the fourth years, kind of their seminal production where they all get agent. And he passed away and Jim Houghton said, I think you're ready for this. Do you want to come direct the fourth years at Juilliard? One of them was older than me. I didn't even, and my 30th birthday happened. I didn't even tell anybody it was my 30th because I was so nervous that they were going to find out, you know. That. But Jim took that risk on me. And at the same time, I got this award from the Paul, the Paul Green Award, which every year they honor a person of the year. And that year was the first year they posthumously honored August. So Constanza named me the outstanding emerging artist under August Wilson. So I got the Paul Green Award from the August Wilson estate. And even though I had done the, the award was because of the work I had done and I had been doing all of this dramaturgy, people were hiring me out, not just to assistant direct, but to, but to do the research for each show and to do these visual boards and stuff. But that award allowed me to start getting hired as a director. Wow. So the head of Penn State was at that award lunch. Steve McKinley Henderson and Roz Ruff and both my parents were at my table and and within a week I got the call from the head of Penn State to come do their third year production of Radio Golf. So that was the first like professional one that I got to direct. And then and then that was like 2011 and then 
Anita called me to do Ma Rainey. And then in between that, I think I did two productions of Seven Guitars, maybe three productions of Seven Guitars. I've done a production of Piano Lesson at McCarter, a different production of Piano Lesson at Hartford Stage, another production of Piano Lesson at Cape Fear Regional Theater. I did King Hedley in the other Portland, in Portland, Oregon, King Hedley II in Portland, Oregon. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm. I'm misstepping I mean, it's, something. It's but. just incredible how how deeply entwined the start of your career has been with the work of Wilson because of the, these greats like Ruben mm-hmm. who who really helped guide you on that path. How do you feel that those early experiences when you were just starting your career, just starting professionally, being an intern, being mm-hmm. uh, specifically though an assistant director in a dramaturge, how do you feel that fuels your process as a director now? Oh, that is a fantastic question. Well, I think it fuels my process not only as a director, but as a theater maker. I spent from the age of 24 to 29 assistant directing. And then at 32 and 35, I was associate director on Broadway. But that's really 11 years of helping. I mean, I was also directing my own shows, but that's 11 years of helping other people's kind of vision. I was doing dramaturgy on some new work as well as you do as a director, but it also... I think when nobody knows what your future is going to hold and you're in a position that is somebody else's assistant, you often are able to see things in a truer way than other people because I hate to say it, but people discount younger assistants. And I think I think that was more true in 2003, 2004 than it is now. I'm not talking about the artists. I'm just like, you know, it's, it's different people, but you're just kind of a little more invisible. And that invisibility let me kind of see how people were. I, I use that to my advantage. I think what's become very important to me, and I just took over this job as producing artistic director at Chautauqua Theatre Company, and one of the reasons, it's it's the only artistic director job I've ever applied for, and one of the reasons was because of the pedagogy that happens there. The fact that there is a conservatory, that it is a bridge, part of the mission of the theatre, part of my new vision is like really going into new plays, but the, the historical mission and what it was founded on was this thought of bridging our training to the professional. And those op- opportunities where you're working not just with your peers but where you're working with more established artists and you're learning by doing because acting is it's in the act of right you can study all you want but when you're actually doing it and you're working with different people and different experiences are coming in I think that that is the best way to learn that's the best way that I learned I also I try I hope I'm successful you'll tell me (laughs) in allowing conversations and taking an assistant in as a whole person not just I'm into interactions as much as possible rather than transactions. I mean, transactions have to happen. It is a business. But from experience, I know that interaction, like actually being seen as a full person, allowed me to be a better artist. So I try and do that. I try and infuse that in my in my mentoring. You absolutely are wonderful when it comes to interacting with young artists. And I think the way that you have worked with our whole production team to both build up these stories that are very autobiographical for August mm-hmm. Wilson and talking about his life, but you also in infuse all of your knowledge about the century cycle into the rehearsal process. I feel like every day I get to know more about his fictional plays. And one question I had for you is, is there a play within the American century cycle that you wish was produced more? 
Well, Joe Turner, and I'm I'm looking to do Joe Turner's Come and Gone. It is a, a large cast, and there are two children in it, so I'm intimately aware of why it is <laughs> challenging to produce. But uh, I'm always looking forward to directing it, and also looking forward to to ways to help that more. I mean, I love all of them. Joe Turner is the one that I'm itching. I wish there was more productions of, of all of them. There were in my twenties. I feel like in my twenties, which would have been the, the aughts, every regional theater did an August Wilson every other year. You know what I mean? Like there was always, wherever, whatever region or state you were in, there was an August Wilson to catch within a couple months. But I think what's good is he opened the door for theaters to realize the fiscal success of, of black plays. And now a lot more living black playwrights are working and more, more black. I mean, I, there's a lot more to it than that. But I do believe that August, after Lorraine Hansberry, after Zaki, I'm not saying he's the first, but he was somebody who had mass appeal to the, to the majority of theater audience, to the, to the predominantly white audience. He had great, great success and on Broadway. So. Absolutely. And I think you see his influence both with regional theaters and what they select in seasons, but you do also see August Wilson's influence in the writing of contemporary Black playwrights. And I'd love to know who are some playwrights right now that you absolutely love and you see the influence of Wilson in? Well, I worked a lot with Dominique Morisot early in her career. And I think that's the first. Now, I would say Dominique Morisot's writing is just as infused, if not more, with Ntozaki Shange. But I think the way that she has celebrated Detroit in her Detroit cycle, I worked on Paradise Blue for a couple of years. We actually did the first reading at Williamstown. And then Ruben, who, who had a Tony, uh, still does, uh, got the pr production. But I developed that and um, worked on Skeleton Crew. I actually wrote the application that got us into Sundance. But then we were working on a TYA show, Dominique, and I were commissioned by Lincoln Center Education to write a show for like 9 to 11-year-olds that went out to the school. And it was such a success, they remounted it and I couldn't go to Sundance. <laughs> Which, you know, you, I, I'm glad that I really, Autumn's Harvest was a beautiful show and more people should be producing it. But I would say her, I would also say in a di very different way, James McManus, who more people should be producing, who celebrates Denora and a different part of Pittsburgh, that kind of ghost town, mill work, factory worker. James McManus celebrates the, the working people, the uncelebrated in the same way, but for a working white America. As far as the poetry, I feel like so many people, you can see that influence in so many people's writing. Hey, listener. Did you know that you can check out a pair of tickets to our Portland Stage main stage shows from the library? Just go to any branch of the Portland Public Library and bring your library card to the checkout desk and ask for the Portland Stage Pass to select any date during the run that works for you. Put that library card to work and get yourself a seat in the audience. So... I love in rehearsals seeing the rapport that you have built with Lance, uh, Lance Nichols, who is our August Wilson in How I Learned. And I think it's incredible how you dive into the poetry and you also bring a way to help Lance kind of connect personally to it. What is it like, though, to direct a show in which it's a one-man show and it's about a very notable real person? How is that different in your process? Well, I think each play that I enter has, depending on how you're looking at the prism, there's some place that's going to cause you some kind of anxiety or like, can I do this? And I think there is such a reverence around who August is in our memory, who he was, his size, his majesty, that 
of course. Who wouldn't be intimidated? But at the same time, that's not how I enter the room every day. Every day I enter the room, I trust what I know, and I look for the truth in the moment and how it connects and how the actor can be truthful in that. So it's more about the, the moment to moment and building on that. And through that, and through trusting the language, speaking to the thought, not the punctuation, trusting the emotion and the storytelling and the rhythms. There's such a rhythm. He had such a, I mean, the four of the Bearden, the blues, Baraka, Borges, and you can hear the blues. You can hear, you can hear the poetry. And, and you can kind of feel the collage, too. But really the blues, that, that poetry. So I'm lucky that I grew up in a musical household. And while I'm not a musician, I have a deep understanding, respect, and appreciation for jazz and blues. And I hear it when I read it. So there's an inherent, it's not a line reading. It's like there's a rhythm that he's written into the poetry. And when you find that and you find the truth and you connect with it from inside of who you are, August is starting. And you're seeing it. August is starting to come out. Now, does his voice resonate in the same place? Not quite, but you forget that when you catch the rhythm and the truth of it. And you're just kind of trans... I hope you're transported to August. And Lance is doing such a beautiful job of creating the space. I mean, August has written these beautiful passages, but he's bringing... He's really lifting them. So we feel like we're in these moments. And that's what the play wants. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's incredible to see in such a short amount of time, too, how you and Lance together have gotten him into this rhythmic and truthful place to tell some really emotional stories, but still find such like high points of joy and celebrating the legacy of such an incredible person. Within all the lessons mm -hmm. in this play, is there one in particular that you're really excited for the audience to hear? I think the overall lesson of the play finding your own voice, all of our experiences are, are worth something, our own worth, even when we're going, oh, how did I get into this situation? Or this situation might look like this, or I can see that, but don't just look at the cover, look at the, the book inside of it. But I think what I'm most, yeah, I think what the lesson that I'm most looking forward to is with our younger audiences, and I'm hoping that they'll walk away, you know, wanting to find their own song and knowing the value of their, their, their own voice and that some of life's hard lessons are how we grow the most and actually our, the, our, our biggest challenges can be the biggest gifts that life gives us in getting to the next step. So I think there's something about the, you know, through adversity that is hopeful and inspiring. That's what I'm that's what I'm really hoping for. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jade, for taking the time to talk with me about both your journey with Wilson and as your own, discovering your own song of artistry. It's been such a gift to talk with you today. As August would say, all you need is joy in one hand and laughter in the other. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Play Notes. As always, you can find a print version of the articles you've heard here on our website, portlandstage.org slash playnotes. Tickets for How I Learned What I Learned are on sale now. So contact our box office by calling 207-774-0465 or buy them directly through our website. The show runs from March 1st to 19th. And if you liked this podcast, please subscribe to the show on whichever app you use and tell all your friends about it. And I don't know, bring them to the show with you. See you there.